and away we go. How you doing? Welcome into the sports book here on 760 WJR. So happy to have you with us as always, depending on who you root for. Uh, me personally, eh, that's pretty much my football weekend. Eh, we'll talk about that as this program unfolds. As always, special thanks to our good friends at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort for making this radio show possible. Uh, we are going to spend some time with my usual partner to bring you up to date. It's been three weeks now that uh, Jamie Edmonds and husband Ryan brought lovely Olivia James into the world, and we pause everything for the update. Jamie, how are you? <laughs> this is our official baby update time. Has to be. People want to know. Right. The people need to know that uh, she's sleeping for longer stretches at night, so maybe three hours at a time, which is like heaven. And uh, we're still working on flipping her from days to nights, but she's fantastic. So thanks for asking. Well, it's awesome because uh, in our visit last week, there was a little bit of a situation. Uh, Olivia choosing to uh, sleep during the day and uh, be up with you fine folks all night. Well, this is still the case. I'm just saying it's getting better. Uh, but you said she uh, she loves mealtime. Yes, she's a great eater. And, uh, I mean, she was 9.2 pounds at birth, so she's over 10 now and just, like, thriving, I would say. I forgot to mention uh, last week that Olivia already has a recruitment letter from Susie Merchant, uh, head ladies <laughs> yeah. basketball coach at Michigan State. So look at that. You know, yeah, that's awesome. Susie, yeah, she's a family friend and sent a sweet little letter over, and it's definitely frameable and something we'll keep forever. It's lovely. I saw it. It is uh, it, hugely frameable. So, well, you did uh, find some time uh, in between being a mama uh, to uh, check out some of the sports activity over the weekend. Uh, we will have Mo Better Blues, Michael R. O'Hara from DetroitLions.com at uh, 15-ish after the hour. Uh, Jamie, uh, that would have been a huge, huge get for the Honolulu Blue and Silver, uh, especially when you consider they were up 14 and then up 10 in the fourth quarter, and then uh, once again, tragedy strikes. Oh, my gosh. I could not believe it. They were beating the Vikings on the road, Dan Campbell looking for his first road win, and it looked really good until it didn't. You just knew when he went for the field goal there. You just knew it. You're like, oh, man, this is not going to end well. Yeah, Lions looking for their first road win since December 6th of 2020 uh, at Chicago. And, look, I know Dan Campbell uh, was very adamant that he made the wrong decision. And uh, in the process of making that decision, myself, you, everybody listening to this conversation, probably screaming at the TV, I would have rather seen them punt at that particular point, they had gone uh, on fourth down six times, successful on four. I think if there was ever a time, and, and I know Dan knows that now, but if there was ever a time to go for it, wasn't that going to be the time? Yeah, but if they don't get it, we'd be talking about the same thing, wouldn't we? I feel like he should have gone for it. You know, he loves to double down, and I just don't understand the reasoning. And he's just like, oh, I hate it. I made the wrong decision. It's like, but why Why did you make that decision? Well, and then it turns out uh, it was a very expensive loss because uh, the fine safety, uh, Tracy Walker, uh, he is gone for the year. Uh, he tore his Achilles 
Oh, my um, God. You hate to see it. Just like Akuda. It's devastating. Yeah, and Romeo Acora. Uh, and, and, you know, I know football's football, but uh, you get a rash of Achilles like that. It's uh, unbelievable. It was a non-contact injury uh, with just over six minutes worst. to play in the first quarter. Right. Uh, so, And then we also find out that running back DeAndre Swift, who is off to a start, um, limited play, and everybody's under the impression it was the ankle. Uh, but turns out there's also a shoulder issue now. Dan Campbell saying he could miss uh, up to two weeks. I just, it's the same old stuff with injuries early. The Lions get hit with this early all the time, and DeAndre Swift just can't seem to stay on the field. That's a problem with him. Well, that is an issue. And, uh, you know, here's a guy once again who uh, was leaning towards a thousand yards on the ground and a thousand yards receiving. And um, I think the only thing that could stop him would be, well, what's stopping him now? And uh, that's injury. Uh, yeah. Interesting. We had a conversation with Frank Ragnar on a Mitch album show, and uh, it's a Monday feature. And I asked him, you know, because so many people, Jamie, saying, well, this is going to be a tough one for the Lions to get past. And, you know, I, take me inside that Lions locker room. How difficult is it? He said, yeah, it's tough. It really is tough because, uh, you know, you work hard and uh, you, you put yourself in a position. And this goes back, again, to what was driven in their heads, Dan Campbell, that is, during hard knocks, that, you know what, right. we got we to climb the mountain here. We got to find a way to win close games. And it would have been huge. And no, didn't happen. I do think they are a better football team than last year. And, you know, my husband and I were watching and I was joking with him. I'm like, they look like a real football team on the road against one of the better teams in the division. And they were winning. They were making plays. It's just like they're still a player too short of finishing. Well, I'm on Ross St. Brown, who you talk about dudes having a nice start to the year. His streak of eight straight games with at least eight receptions tied for the longest in league history was stopped. The uh, run began last December 5th in the win over Minnesota, oddly enough. St. Brown had six catches for 73 yards. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson, by the way, caught Goff's only touchdown pass. But, you know, there is a lot of reason, I think, to be optimistic. Because, you know, after a game like yesterday, uh, Jamie, the uh, natural reaction, oh, SOL, SOL, same old Lions, here we go. Not so fast. I, I, I think, you know, they get back on the winning track, obviously, against a weakened Seattle Seahawks team come Sunday. That's winnable. And this Lions offense has looked pretty good, even without DeAndre Swift. Jamal Williams looks good. Jared Goff looks good. So I think there are good things here. Uh, Jared Goff, 25 of 41, 277 yards in that touchdown strike to Hawkinson. Uh, college football-wise... I know you're hubby Ryan, big Spartan fan, so we can commiserate in this conversation. Yikes. Oh, my goodness gracious. To be blown out like that at home, it's kind of embarrassing. Well, here's the unfortunate trend. And, by the way, a little shameless plug. We'll have a conversation with head coach Mel Tucker on the album show uh, tomorrow. Uh, The unfortunate trend is this, going back to Seattle. uh, You were down 22 points there. Uh, you got down to Minnesota 17 at the end of the first half. Um, the problem is you're without five starters on defense. And I'm not making excuses. I'm just painting a picture here. Uh, defense can't get off the field. How about this, Jane? Minnesota 10 of 12 
third down efficiency. One of the reasons they go on to put up 508 total yards. I know. I, I, I question some of the play calls on offense. I mean, let Peyton Thorne air it out as much as possible. He's the playmaker. You don't have Kevin or, um, K-9 anymore. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, you talk about running the ball. And, yeah, we were pretty spoiled a year ago with uh, Kenneth Walker. Uh, I think there was 48 yards on the ground, something like that, in Seattle. Uh, against Minnesota on your home turf, 38 yards rushing. That's not Spartan Yikes. football. Uh, and no. then when you take a look, at, sometimes time of possession, Jamie can be misleading uh, as far as stats go, but this is not. Minnesota controlled the ball for 42 minutes and 30 seconds to the uh, Spartan 17 minutes and 30 seconds. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know that's that. That's telling. It felt like the defense was on the field the whole game, and they were. Well, and, you know, this is part of the issue here. Because, look, nobody had a worse pass defense than Michigan State a year ago. The absolute bottom of the barrel. And then through two games this year, and I know uh, quality of opponent comes into play, it looked like things were shaping up. And Mel Tucker takes it personally because, again, not only is he the head coach, he's the DB coach as well. Uh, but third down efficiency, we already talked about Minnesota, James. The Spartans, two of eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. So that means the defense is going to be on the field for, well, an eternity, and they were. Yeah, but a couple times it was like third and long, and they chose to run it. That's what I mean by play calling. Well, Peyton Thorne, uh, I thought um, – Climbed the mountain in that loss to Washington. Uh, put up some numbers, and he had some very, very brave plays. Uh, took care of the football. Not really the case here. 17-24, uh, to 24, 132 yards, two picks. And then opening possession, down 17. Uh, Spartans driving. Uh, get down to the uh, Golden Gopher 5 in Peyton Thorne while he turned it over. And, you know, you got the impression at that time, okay, this is it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they got to go back to the drawing board. And with the, the personnel that they have, with the injuries they have, they got to try and figure this out <laughs> because well, they have some really tough, they have a tough stretch coming. Yeah, indeed. And it starts uh, on the road Saturday, uh, 3.30 kick in Maryland against the Terrapins, who uh, put up pretty good battle with the Michigan football Wolverines. Yeah. Wolverines. Maryland looked pretty good. Yeah, uh, Michigan able to hold on 34-27 in the uh, Big Ten opener for both those uh, teams. And if I'm, you know, Jim Harbaugh, and I can run the ball like Blake Corum has shown he can, uh, J.J. McCarthy uh, would air it out maybe 10, 12 times tops. How about the numbers for Corum? Uh, Rush for a career-high 243 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he had never carried it um more than 21 times in a game he had 30 carries wow yeah yeah i mean it is it's maryland you know it's not a lesser opponent but it's certainly not like georgia so let's wait and see well interesting uh side note for the uh, spartans uh talia tagavaloa uh completed 20 or 30 passes 207 yards and a touchdown uh he was also picked off twice Uh, didn't finish the game due to a minor knee and rib injury. That's what they're saying now. Uh, But for the very first time, the Wolverines will leave the state of Michigan. They have an appointment with the Iowa Hawkeyes uh, come Saturday. Yeah, and Kinnick Stadium, I'll just tell you, having been there a few times, 
it is an odd place to play. Uh, you know, years ago, Hayden Fry uh, knew Michigan was coming under the days of uh, the late great Bo Schembechler, had the uh, locker room completely done in pink, but it was like paper and whatnot, had it all over. The visiting locker room was all pink. <laughs> Iowa has That's taken fun. it to another level. Everything is pink on purpose. The phone is pink. It's a real pink phone. Get out. The toilets are pink. They're pink toilets. Uh, you know, it, it, it's unbelievable, but it's a crazy place to play. Iowa, by the way, three and one, uh, one and oh in conference play. So one final note, which you didn't see on Big Noon Saturday, they did a story again on Michi, the kid from Muskegon, how the Michigan football team has embraced him right. as he is in this battle for his life. Yep. And Tom Rinaldi's story just was so lovely. And kudos to Michigan and Jim Harbaugh for. Have, giving this kid an experience at the big house. That's all and, I want to say. And you know what, James? Uh, that's what sports is all about. Uh, exactly. So uh, that was a, a very endearing story. Why okay. does Tom Rinaldi have to make me cry every Saturday morning? He does have that ability. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, I just had a baby. You should have seen the waterwork. That's true. Well, you know, <laughs> Rinaldi's been doing it so well for so long. So speaking of having a baby, get back to being a mama, would you? Okay, but I am going to rejoin you here sometime soon, I promise. Okay, look forward to the kibitzing. We'll kibitz, Steve. Thank you. Listen, quickly, uh, we washed in the Monday night bets a week ago. I know. We washed. Uh, Tonight we've got the uh, Giants hosting the Cowboys in a huge NFC East battle. Do you feel anything about it or no? I have no feeling right now. I I haven't looked anything up, so I'm not prepared. All right, if you change your mind, just text me. Okay. All right. J.D. Edmonds, partner extraordinaire with us here uh, as we continue with the Sportsbook on 760 WJR. Don't go away. We'll break down that Lions tilt with Mo Better Blues. Mike O'Hara from DetroitLions.com coming up. All right, so one of the rites of passage when the uh, Lions schedule comes out, obviously, you take a look at it, you assess it, you analyze it, and then you uh, venture guesses game by game, win, loss, loss, win. Uh, truth be told, I don't think anybody really had the Lions beating the Vikings in the land of 10,000 lakes. That's why it would have been an outstanding win, a steal, if you will. Uh, but it didn't turn out that way. You know what went down. Lions lose 28-24. Let's break it down right now. Uh, Michael Harris joins us, DetroitLions.com. Mo, what's happening? Uh, you're what's happening, Steve, just like always. Well, thank you very much for noticing. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Mike, it, it would have been a huge win for Dan Campbell and the Lions. I mean, you're talking about a franchise that hasn't won on the road since December 6th of 2020 in Chicago. And by golly, Mike, it looked for a minute the uh, W was going to happen. Start off with a 14 nothing lead, got a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, and, you know, it just didn't go their way again. No, it didn't, but it, I'd say it looked like a win for the Lions for more than a minute. I think uh, they were they led for 58 of the 60 minutes in that game yesterday. And, you know, look, my pick going in was, was uh, uh, the Vikings 50, 20, 57, the Vikings 27-24, but I really thought the Lions had the better, the better team and the better players. I just thought home field advantage would, would get the Vikings through it, and it did. But it wasn't home field advantage. 
there was some you know some strategic decisions the Lions made down the down the stretch that didn't work out for them. Um, offense kind of went a little bit colder at the end, but you know, some of them may have been the play calling and so on. But all in all, I I don't think it was a disgraceful loss. I thought it was a disappointing loss. It doesn't end their season or anything, but I'd say more disappointing than than, than absolutely just stunning. You know, where do we go now? Well, obviously afterwards, Dan Campbell pretty much immediately uh, said, yeah, he made the wrong decision. Uh, He should have gone for it. I mean, they went on fourth down six times, Mike. They were successful four. Uh, Clearly, when you decide in that situation, uh, you've uh, you've got destiny in your own hands. And to be honest, I would have punted before I went for the 54 yard field goal. Your thoughts? I would have gone. Yeah, I would have gone for it. I thought about punting, and if, and if you could guarantee me that you're going to get it down there inside the ten yard line, I mean, anywhere inside the ten. I mean, look, you'd love to have it at the one yard line, but anywhere inside the ten, I would take that. Uh, the field goal was my last choice. I, I really like going for it. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. First of all, even if you're even if you don't make it, <clears throat> you're going to give the uh, the Vikings a longer field to go six or eight more uh, yards than than if you. You know, if you tried the field goal and it missed. So I did not like the field goal call. I really didn't. And there was another call there earlier in the first, uh, I'm sorry, earlier in the fourth quarter, Steve, when they had third and one at their own 27 and threw the ball a deep, uh, a deep go pattern. Right. Uh, and it, it didn't connect. I would have run the ball for the same reason, Steve, I would have gone for it on, on, on the, the last one. Because the heart of that team is the offense, and inside that offense, the heart of that unit is the offensive line. And I know, and you could see the reaction of the players on the sideline when they came off the field. They wanted to go for it too, because that that is the best unit on that team. It's, it's they're good. They've got Pro Bowl players. They've got depth, and they wanted that in their hands at that time. And I think that would have been the right call of all of it was to run the ball. Yeah, and Evan Brown, uh, who has been uh, so darn good uh, yep. in place of Frank Rog now, when necessary, uh, moved over to that right guard. Uh, let me ask you this, Mike. Prior to the uh, K.J. Osborne touchdown reception with 45 oh. seconds left, uh, the Lions called timeout. Uh, the Vikings had none. Was this kind of playing into the Vikings' hand a little bit? Yeah, I, I don't think it really meant anything, and I'll tell you why. Because they were, you know, hustling enough to get 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 to the line of scrimmage to spike the ball, so they probably would have, <clears throat> excuse me, had you know had a you know set up on second down, but everything calmed down and 40 seconds on the play clock, they probably would have had 35, 36 seconds left, enough to run. And look at the pro football, you can run six plays in 35 minutes. So I thought that's not what I would have done. I wouldn't have called time there but for a different reason, but I don't think it had any bearing on what the Vikings ran at all. Nothing. Well, more bad news, Mike, for the uh, Lions this morning. They uh, find out through tests that safety Tracy Walker indeed tore his Achilles uh, against the Vikings. Non-contact injury, just over six minutes to play in the first quarter, Uh, not to mention running back DeAndre Swift, uh, who has captured the attention of NFL fans throughout the country. Uh, He has got that ankle, and now... Dan Campbell says he's got a shoulder situation, probably going to miss up to a couple of weeks. That's a shame right there. Yeah, I could, and I think that's a decision that the Lions are going to have to make and in, 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 in talking to Swift on it, too, is to maybe sit him down for these next two games, plus the bye that comes after game five against the New England Patriots, to give him three, actually four weeks 
to heal up fully and then start the run for the rest of the season now. You know, with Swift, and this is a tremendous talent, it really is, but it's all it's always been in his in, in his career, the first two years and now again, starting with, you know, game one and game two here, it's how long is he gonna hold together? And I don't think he's had quite the severity of injuries that he's been fighting through already this season in his first two seasons, but it's certainly been enough to really not fully uh, utilize the, the really the really the deep talent that he has. Uh, I'm on Ross St. Brown, uh, oh. another guy who's getting a lot of notoriety for all the right reasons. His streak, Mike, of eight straight games with at least eight receptions tied for the longest in league history. Uh, that comes to an end. Uh, began last December 5th in a win, ironically enough, over Minnesota. Uh, St. Brown had six catches for 73 yards. He looked to be a bit banged up. Is there anything there? I don't think so. I don't think it's anything long-term. We'll find out more when we get uh, get out there on Wednesday and you know, for practice and all that. But, I mean, what a player he is. I mean, what what a what a fourth-round draft place. Uh, what a steal by, by the Lions in that draft. I mean, he really looks to be like a guy who's going to play 10, 12 years in the league and make, you know, multiple Pro Bowls and maybe multiple All-Pros, too. He's just, he's got it. He's just got that it factor. Now, he's not one of these guys who plays, like in basketball terms, you know, a foot above the rim, you know, with the the high wire act. But he is so good, so smart, so clever, with good hands, good body control. I mean, he can, you know, like he doesn't run 4-3 in the 40, but he's got game speed, and that's more important than anything you do when you're being timed in the 40-yard dash and all that other stuff. Just a, a tremendous player, like I said, a great get for the Lions in the fourth round. Well, another receiver who I think is uh, coming around very nicely is uh, DJ Shark. Uh, he was an early target for uh, Jared Goff yesterday in Minneapolis. Uh, finished it with just three receptions for 46 yards, a long of 23. Uh, clearly, clearly, Mike, the receiving room, a uh, little bit deeper than it was a year ago. Oh, absolutely, right from the top to the bottom. And don't forget Josh Reynolds either. And look, right. he's, you know, he, he had a, a, a history with uh, Jared Goff, their days together in, uh, in the Los Angeles Rams. And when he came free last year, got cut by, by the Tennessee Titans, the Lions contacted him, and he couldn't come to Detroit fast enough to be reunited with with Jared Goff. And look, that's that's he re, he gives them something. Had a strange play he was involved in yesterday, though, and that was a ball that uh, looked like a touchdown. And all of a sudden, it disappeared in the in the sun. There, they've got that one in their in their stadium. They got that one wall in the, in the one end zone, and when the sun shines through it, it's hard to see the ball. Well. He never reacted to the ball just for one simple reason. He couldn't see it because that was a catch and a walk-in touchdown. Well, uh, we had our conversations about Jared Goff going into the year. Uh, I was under the impression, Mike, that we needed him to be slightly better than average. Uh, 25 of 41, 277 yards yesterday, a touchdown and a pick. Rating of 79 uh, through three. Uh, I think he's playing within his parameters, and it looks like he's a hell of a lot more comfortable. Well, absolutely. Look, he was really jolted by that trade last year from sure. the Rams to the Lions. And he found out about it, I think, on, on somebody's Twitter feed or on a, a sports report or something like that. You know, the head coach in the front office didn't even have the decency to make sure they called him first before they closed the deal. Because, look, the deal was made. It wasn't like it was going to you know fall apart one way or another. And I think that really, really hit him. And look, all of a sudden, here's a kid. I think he's from Fresno. No, he went to Cal. He's from Southern California. And and all of a sudden he's being uprooted. Here's a 
after five years in, with the Rams, two Pro Bowls, another season when he took them to the Super Bowl, and all of a sudden he's been made to, he's made to feel like he's the guy why they couldn't get back two years ago. So he's really settled in here in Detroit. You can see him take command more and more by each game. He gets a little stronger and a little stronger, and there's no doubt now that he's the guy running the show. He's the leader of that offense and probably the leader of that team too. You go back to last year, Mike, um, and we've discussed this as well. This Lions team, 313-1, but they never quit on Dan Campbell. Then during hard knocks, it was Campbell and the staff saying, look, uh, we don't want to go back to where we were last year. Losing sucks. Uh, we need to find a way to win. Uh, so we have a situation yesterday, 10-point uh, lead in the fourth quarter, and we've seen it before as Lions fans that they don't win. So for those of Lions Nation that have that feeling in their gut, same old Lions, what do you say to them? Well, it's not the same old Lions. It might have been the same result, but that's uh, but it's not the same old Lions. Uh, a better team. Just, they're also a very young team, and what they remind me of, and I'm not going to say they're going to get the same results, but they're starting to remind me of the, of the Lions of the 1990s, you know, 91 through 99, where they made the playoffs, I think it was six times or seven times, uh, and had double-digit wins three, four times and won a couple of division titles. I think this. I think this group of players, this this coaching staff, I think they have a chance to, you know, to match that. Now they don't have Barry Sanders, and it hasn't been proven yet if they have Herman Moore and Chris Spielman and some other players. But look, they need to plug in a couple of things on offense. You know, another you know interior defensive lineman, uh, maybe another linebacker, and, and really a dynamic, a dynamic, dynamic playmaker in that group. But I think they really have the makings of a good team. I've said going into this season, Steve, and I, I believed it then, and I believe it even more now, that this team is built to improve, but it needs another injection of talent, either through the draft or free agent signings. But I think there'll really be something in 2023 now. That's you know you know you know what happens with injuries. All of a sudden, you lose your quarterback, and you go oh, yeah. from being a favorite to win your division to you know, <clears throat> geez, how do we get home? And I, but I think this is a team that's got. A collection of players that can win games, and I think they will win games, and I think they'll win games this year. Uh, hopefully, that begins on Sunday when they play host to the Seattle Seahawks at beautiful Ford Field. Uh, have you seen an opening line on that yet? Yeah, I'm told that uh, by people who follow this, including <laughs> me, <laughs> including, I know you do. Myself, yeah, I do. Uh, just for fun, I'm not really a better anymore. But I've seen that the Lions are, are favored by six points. You know, a couple of weeks ago, they started out as a one-and-a-half-point favorite over the Washington Commanders, but with the injuries they had on the offensive line, it closed with the Lions as one-and-a-half-point underdogs. But they are the clear favorite in this team. Look, this is a team that's one-and-two. It does not have Russell Wilson. And how strange does it seem to see the Seattle Seahawks without Russell Wilson running the show? Crazy. Crazy. really is. All right, Mo. Appreciate your time, as always. We'll chat again soon. Okay, great. Thanks for having me, Steve. All right, you betcha. Michael Hare at DetroitLions.com. Spending some time with us here on the Sportsbook on 760 WJR. Yeah, you better believe it. Thank you once again to our good friends at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort for helping to make this program possible. And uh, I think I'm going to kick off a new segment. Uh, speaking of sports booking, uh, how did Blake lose this weekend? <laughs> Where do I even begin? <laughs> oh, man. You know, it look was... at you, though. You, you enjoy it. 
and you laugh. I do. And I'm okay with being wrong. Like, I can deal with that. Because if I was good at sports gambling and picking games, Steve, I wouldn't be here right now. Well, true enough. And listen, uh, there's a lot of folks that fancy themselves as being very accomplished. And then sometimes it doesn't work out. I'm also smart enough. uh, Mike Parsons, the producer slash board operator for Guy Gordon, He's been at. He's been slowly rolling into sports betting. So he asked. Wonderful. Me, he asked me for a lock every week, and I'm two and zero, oh, giving him locks. Look at but you. But I only give him one, so I have to feel really good about it. Now, is there, is there a chance that in the not too distant future you're going to be charging the aforementioned Mike no, Parsons for no, the lock? No, no. <laughs> Unfortunately, not. I'm not because I'm not hitting at a consistent enough clip to be able to do that. Well, here's the deal. Um, I'm a little concerned about what's going on with my Spartans. Uh, didn't see this coming at all. Uh, you know, but if you dig a hole, which they had their last two ball games, it's very hard to overcome it, especially when you're talking 22 points to Washington. You're down 17 at the half to uh, Minnesota. And uh, you, you're putting your defense in a very, very difficult situation because offensively, and I think this is the, uh, the the biggest quagmire. You can't get anything going. Again, against Minnesota, the Spartans 2 of 8 in third down conversions. Minnesota living a life 10 of 12. Now, how much stress does that put on a defense? Who's, by the way, without five starters? Yeah, I mean, it makes – if you're playing situational football, that puts you in an impossible position – to win well and you know mel is big into complementary football mm-hmm. offense defense special teams all making contributions uh again time of possession minnesota possessed the ball for 42 minutes and 30 seconds is is minnesota your favorite right now to win the west oh hands down they're they're, they're i think uh you know pj fleck and his staff came in with a game plan and to their credit uh they uh they executed it just about to perfection. I They're think the most consistent team. I mean, you know the West. Oh. It's <laughs> you got Iowa that can't play offense, but they have a great defense. You got Wisconsin that just seems all over the place right now. Well, in Minnesota, uh, you've got a sixth year quarterback in Tanner Morgan mm-hmm. who showed me a lot. Uh one of the finer running backs in the country in Mohammed Ibrahim. Um that dude's a load. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see what transpires from here. Meanwhile, Mel Tucker is very, very confident in his staff. Uh, you know, when you get into a little bit of funk, you know, the nation starts to chirp a little bit. Um, but he's very confident and uh, hopefully get things turned around because uh, one of the glaring things is the Spartans can't run the ball right now after running it so effectively uh, through the first two games of the year. Again, quality of the opponents, I get it. Uh, but just 38 yards rushing for Mr. Uh, Berger and Broussard uh, against Minnesota. So, uh, yeah, some demons to exercise right now. We'll see what goes down. Meanwhile, uh, your Michigan football Wolverines, uh, they're putting on a show running the football. In particular, Blake Corum. Uh, rushed for a career-high 243 yards, two scores. Uh, Michigan hangs on against the visiting Maryland Terrapins, where Sparty's going next, 34-27. 
Uh, Corum, by the way, tied the school record with five rushing touchdowns against UConn a week earlier. Had a career-high 30 carries. Never carried more than 21 times. Too many carries. Too many, you think, huh? I, I but mean, it's working. Yeah, it's working, but they need Donovan Edwards back. We need the two-headed kind of thing going. I I just want him to last because last year, going into the last few games of the year, he had an ankle injury, if you remember. Oh, yeah. I want him to stay healthy. I want him to have a full season so that going into those big games against Michigan State, Ohio State, that's pretty much it. Going into those games, I want him healthy. Uh, J.J. McCarthy, uh, 18 and 26, 220 yards, two touchdowns uh, in that Wolverines victory. Uh, you know, you continue to run the ball like they are. You don't need McCarthy to mm-hmm. air it out all that often. Yeah, and it, it it will open up things for him in the play-action game, suck in some safeties, and hopefully he can get his deep ball touch back. Uh, do not take a trip to Iowa for granted. Line. No, no. If it was a night game, I'd be much more scared. Kinnick is but, just a yes. crazy place. Man. Yes, they have incredible fans. They have it's it's a great atmosphere. I love watching their games just as a Big Ten fan. So uh, elsewhere in college football, I know, um, you know the thing about it is, and this is why it's so great. No matter how good you may be, the other team wants to win too. Uh, look at USC, number seven in all the land. Uh, they're getting a lot of recognition. Seventeen uh, fourteen winners over Oregon State. That. That Oregon State team, and I really wanted to watch this game, but Pac-12 Network is just not available for any cable package ever. Um, but that that Oregon State team has been playing really, really well. They beat a beat up Boise State team earlier this year. They're fun to watch. So, how'd you do? Uh, number eleven Tennessee uh, hosting number twenty Florida, and it went Tennessee's way, thirty-eight thirty-three. That Hendon Hooker, is, and I know you were at MSU, so you didn't get to take this game in as much. That Hendon Hooker, he can play. And I would not be surprised if he's getting the call to go to New York come December. He's Robert Griffin, legit. Robert Griffin, I was just reading before going on, called him the favorite yes. by far he's to win the He's so much fun to watch. And they run that uh, Baylor RG3 offense where it's super spread out. They go fast. But, I mean, uh, that's a huge win for them because they've they, – I don't think that they've beaten Florida in the last, like, five or six tries. Oh, dear. So, Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm just looking for the first time at the uh, stats. So there's Hendon Hooker, 22 of 28. 349 yards, two touchdowns, rating a 95.8. Then he carried it 13 times, 112 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, he is. Wow! He's thrown two touchdowns, no interceptions in every single game this year. He's incredibly efficient. That's crazy. Oh, you better believe he's getting some Heisman uh, recognition. There's no doubt about that. And they're a fun team to watch. They really are. Uh, Just when you thought number 22, Texas, maybe getting it together. Uh, they fall hard to uh, Texas Tech, 37-34. Texas, now. I, it's like they they took that Alabama loss as like a positive loss, and then everything they built is just gone. 
All right. Well, the great thing is we've got another college football weekend coming up, my friend. It's the best. I love college football. It's the absolute best. Although the only thing uh, bad about this time of year. Driving home. Yeah. It's black. Yeah. Well, I'll be here all night, so don't worry. All right. Well, you'll be good. (laughs) All right. Stick around. We will uh, preview tonight's Monday night tilt. Leave it here. It's the Sportsbook on 760 WJR. Uh, We kicked off the uh, program uh, with my partner, Jamie Edmonds. She and uh, her hubby, Orion, three weeks ago, welcomed Olivia James into the world, and uh, she will be back with us thusly. Uh, In the meantime, before we uh, get to the uh, Monday Night Tilt there, Blaker, a huge round of applause to the National Football League for this. The NFL is replacing the Pro Bowl with week-long skills competitions and a flag football game, formerly known as the Pro Bowl. The uh, new event will replace the full-contact showcase Started in 1951. It has been a sham for a long, long time. I am so happy they're doing away with the Pro Bowl. I agree. It was garbage. I agree. It was the, it, Senseless. It's the worst one out of the four. Not right. that any of them are good, but it's the worst one. All right. Uh, in, uh, well, the Meadowlands, Jersey, New York, whatever, uh, the Giants playing host to the Dallas Cowboys in a key NFC East battle tonight. Cowboys going in one and one. How about this? The G-Men are two and oh. I'll let you know this. I don't want to sway your uh, betting one way or the other there, Blake. The uh, Cowboys, the defending division champs, uh, have really stuck it to the Giants the last five years. The teams, by the way, have played ten times. Dallas has won nine of those. Uh, Cowboys got a little something-something going on. Dak Prescott, thumb surgery. Cooper Rush will be once again running the offense. And I still think it's really bizarre. Jerry Jones, the owner of the Cowboys, says he's hoping for a quarterback controversy. If you're Dak Prescott, how does that go over? I mean, not well at all. There's no way. But I think that competition also breeds greatness. So that's maybe what Jerry's looking for here. Uh, the Giants won a total of, let me carry the zero, four games last year. They are 2-0 and under uh, new head coach Brian Dabble. How about that? What do you make of that whole deal? Their culture seems like it's turned around, and Daniel Jones has been playing better. But you brought up the stat about the Cowboys and the Giants. Daniel Jones has never won in primetime in his career. And the Giants play a decent amount of primetime games. So that kind of scares me for what I already placed for tonight. <laughs> it's already a done deal? Yeah, it's already been placed. I, I took the Giants and the under, which I believe was at like 45. All no, right, so uh, it was. You're, like you're, but you're just laying the Cowboys one? Yes. Okay. Yes. I'll tell you who I enjoy watching. Micah Parsons. The dude is certifiable. He's so much fun to watch. He's, I, I wish the Lions would have taken him. Well, you know, uh, I think he's going to be uh, a fine cowboy for years to come. But yeah. to, just to watch him play, uh, you can tell at Penn State he was very well coached. Mechanically, he is sound. Uh, sideline to sideline, as they say. A lot of fun to watch. You know, I said to uh, Jamie, listen. If you change your mind on betting on the Monday night game, just give me a text. I, I, I haven't heard anything. 
I think, well, how much, uh, how many six packs does she owe you from last year? Well, we washed those out, dude. And, and, and we washed last week. They were the two Monday night games. You washed game. them down, you mean? <laughs> she asked if we could just start anew. Yeah, yeah. And, and me, you're a gentleman. Me being the gentleman that I yes. am, I said, uh, sure. Uh, I don't know. Uh, this is a hard game to pick. I just I had to I had to have some fight in the game because like we already talked about I'm gonna be here and I'm not gonna have anything better to do so I might as well have a little skin on the game you know it seems as though Saquon Barkley is on a mission I think he's playing with a chip on his shoulder because he was tired of hearing everybody yeah. say that he's done uh, he's got a better front with a giant O this year. Not to mention he leads the league with 236 yards rushing and his 282 yards from scrimmage is fifth best overall. That being said, um, Zeke Elliott has been called into question. Yeah. As far as what he has left in the tank. Yeah, I mean, and he's got a lot of miles on those legs. A lot. So I, it, it'll be interesting. Yeah, you're right. You have two running backs that are kind of, fighting for their position in the league kind of thing. I think that it's also interesting because Zeke is really splitting carries this year with Tony Pollard. Right. And Pollard's run well when given the opportunity. Zeke's got that face mask that makes him look like the front of a Tesla. It's so dark (laughs) you can't even see it. I think it comes down to the Cooper Rush factor, don't you? Yeah, and we we kind of were talking about this earlier. It's just I feel like a lot of the times in the NFL when a backup comes in, their first game they really play well and they're playing up and the team's playing up around them. The second game usually it kind of regresses to more of the mean and there's a reason why these guys are backups. Well, look so. at it, though. I mean, in, in, in two games... Rush is throwing at a 59.1% clip. Listen, that's not burning it up by any stretch of the imagination. He's thrown for 299 yards, an average of 6.8 per completion, and just the one score. Um, You know, I think he's going to have to play out of his head Mm -hmm. tonight for them to have a chance. I agree. I agree 100%. It's, uh, It's tough because they don't have the weapons that we're used to seeing the Cowboys have. Obviously, like, they still have C.D. Lamb, but with Gallup being out, Zeke, as we were just talking about, isn't 100% the same guy he was. So it's it's a tough position for him to be in, but he came through for him last week. So Yeah, Noah Brown, I think, has uh, you know, helped out the cause a little bit. Yeah. A little bit anyway. But you're right. You know, usually you think of the Cowboys and you're thinking options. So there you go. Enjoy the Monday Night Tilt. And uh, as always, Blake, thank you very much. And thank you for listening to WJR.